I don't know if any of you have been doing any building projects during this pandemic or even just building furniture, right? That um, I know I was at Home Depot and the prices are really getting higher because during this pandemic, so many people are doing those building projects that, you know, you can't really get out and do much. And so that's caused demand to increase. It caused, uh, therefore, prices to increase. And again, whether you've built a, a, an office chair, you know, or you're, again, doing a house project, when you're building something, it's really helpful to have two things. One is the final picture of what it's supposed to look like. But then it's also very helpful to have the, um, a step-by-step instruction of, all right, how do I get there? So, for instance, you might buy an office chair and you know what it's supposed to look like. You're looking at the picture. But then it's also helpful to have that instruction guide that says, all right, first you put this together and then you put this together step-by-step, step, right? It's, it's very helpful for that. And now, uh, with YouTube, right, they have those do-it-yourself videos where you're not sure how to do it. You watch the video, and they take you through it step-by-step. Step. It's, very, it's very nice. Um, and in fact, uh, yesterday I was fixing, there's a coppola on my garage, and so if I look a little stiff, I know I'm always kind of stiff, but if I'm looking extra stiff today, it's because I was up on my roof and put, you know, a strap on, and I'm doing all of this stuff, and, you know, it was... Uh, but that's a part of it. And a, a part of that was not only having that idea of what, I, what do I want it to look like, but then having that step-by-step instruction. And I bring this up because, do you know, have you ever thought that you are, and I are part of God's building project? That, yeah, he has a plan for us. He is building us into something. You might often say, well, I'm a work in progress. And that's true. You are, and I am a work in progress. That God is doing a work in us, and he's doing a work together, and he's building us into a spiritual house for his glory. That's what he's doing. That's a part of what he's doing in us. And of course, this involves individual uh, growth, but again, that finished product is also one of interconnectedness built upon Christ that proclaims God's glory, the excellencies of God. So when we're being built into a spiritual house, well, what's one of the functions of a temple, of a spiritual house? It is to point to the one right, who that, that temple's about, to Christ. And having a step-by-step plan to get there is very helpful. So not only the picture of what we want to become and what God wants to build us into, but then thinking about, wait, step by step, how do I, how do I get to there, that place God wants me to be? What are those step-by-step instructions to become that finished product that God's trying to accomplish in us? That's what the Apostle Peter, he writes about this vision for God's people uh, to be built up in 1 Peter chapter 2. Our main verse today is going to be 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And that is our main verse we want to look at today because that's what God is trying to do. We're his building project. He's building us up into a spiritual house. Now, that's the focus, but let's look at the context, because as I said last week, we don't just yank scriptures out of context and then make them say what we want to say. We want to say, what is God showing us through this? And as we look at the context in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 
Peter's urging his followers to pursue holiness, right? That's the scripture. You shall be holy as I am holy. That being holy is being like God, being like Christ, that a part of our spiritual growth is trying to be more and more like Jesus every day and living by the word of God. And then he goes in and talks about the things of this world are fleeting, they are fallen, but Christ's followers were bought with Christ's blood for something eternal. And those are the things that we pursue. All right? So that's sort of the context. Now, let's start in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, until we get to verse 5. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says this. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Hmm, that's interesting. I think, well, it makes sense, though. We haven't got to the building scripture yet, but before you build something, it's important to clear out those things that trip you up, those things that get in the way of what you're trying to build. So if we're going to be built up into a spiritual house, we're going to grow towards Christ-likeness, then, then having malice or deceit or, or envy or slander, those contradict what God is trying to do in us as a body and as individuals. So he says, clear those things away. Put those things away so that you will have space for that new rebuilding. Uh, a few months ago, you know, since we moved to Holyoke, we love our new house, but there's a lot of work projects there, right? Well, one of the projects was, all right, there's this, this sort of secret crawl space that has all sorts of cool storage rooms. Right? And, and so putting up insulation and all that stuff. But before I, I made that, there was this nasty red shag carpet in there from like 1970. It was all gross. And so I'm like, I need to get rid of that thing first before I do any other building because it's just going to get in the way. So, so too, when we are, are thinking about being built up into, into who God wants us to be, what are those things that are getting in the way? What are those things in your life that keep tripping you up so that as you try to build and grow, again, it just keeps tripping you up. Those are those things that maybe now God is saying to you, those are those things you need to put away because I want to do a new building process in you. All right, let's go to the next verse. Verse 2, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Oh, wait a minute, mixed metaphors here. You might go, wait, 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 I thought we were building here. And now you're talking about being like a baby? Are we building or are we growing? Yes, <laughs> it's both, it's both. See, um, before going on to this metaphor of being built up and comparing us to being built up into a spiritual house, Peter wants to know that, yeah, before you even get to that building stage, you need to bulk up on the basics, Right? We're like babies in that we're, we're born again. We need to know the gospel, what God has done in Christ, who he is, so that we're able to, to build. We're able to take those next steps because babies don't build things. They don't. Babies don't build things. They're, they're just babies. I remember when our kids were little, and I'd be doing something, and, you know, they'd be interested, and they were newborns, and, you know, uh, I would, like, show a hammer to Isaiah, right? And he'd be like, you know, like babies do. They're, like, always really wide-eyed at everything, and their head kind of shakes, because they're just, I mean, they just need the coordination to hold their head up, right? And, now, just imagine, if you hired someone to do that work, and they came in on the work site, and they're like, 
You'd be like, you tripping? What's going on? I mean, get out of this work site. No, babies don't build things. They need to grow first, right, in strength and coordination. But then, then they're ready for those next steps of maturity. And I think that's what Peter wants to do. He's also, I think, doing this because he doesn't want us to get caught up in a stagnant kind of, you know, metaphor comparison where we're just thinking of just a stagnant building. That's why he first talks about, no, like newborn babies. And then he's also going to talk, well, let's get there. He also brings in other images to show that, no, we're not talking about a stagnant building. We are talking about a dynamic relationship and growth and steps that involved and evolved in this process. All right, so let's look at four. This is the, the main section here, verses four through 10. And as you come to him, that's Jesus, as you come to Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So that right there is a quote from the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Um, So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's Psalm 118, 22. Now he goes and he quotes yet another, a third scripture, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That's Isaiah 8, 14. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So here, Jesus is that living cornerstone of whatever God is building. So whatever God is building, Jesus is the cornerstone. And early in the church, they quickly saw all of those scriptures from the Old Testament that talked about stones and cornerstones. And they said, Jesus, he's the cornerstone. Jesus, that living, that stone, that points to Jesus. And so again, even in verses six through eight, he quotes three, three scriptures. He ties them together to show that Jesus is that stone. And that's that cornerstone. And that's not surprising because in Israel in that day, the primary building material was stones because they have lots of stones, not too many trees, but they've got stones all over the place. So most houses were built of stone. So it makes sense that when thinking about whatever God is doing, they're going to, he's going to use a stone. And here talks about Jesus being a cornerstone. The cornerstone was the most important part of ancient building. It's on that stone. Everything else was built. It held everything else together. And it's here it's saying, now Jesus, he is that cornerstone. He's the first. He's the most important thing. And that's why last week, remember the main part of last week's message is Jesus is first, right? At Second Baptist, Christ is first, right? Say it with me. At Second Baptist Church, Jesus is first, right? Because he is the cornerstone. So we can't go on to any talk about building or growing unless we have that cornerstone of Christ settled in our hearts. And again, the apostle Peter, he talks about that, that Christ is not just a cornerstone, but he's a living stone. 
Why is he living? Well, because he rose from the dead. Easter was just a, a little while ago. And what did we celebrate? We celebrated Christ risen from the dead. He's a living stone. He's not some dead guy buried in a tomb. He's living in, at the right hand of God. That's important here. And then not only that, Paul doesn't want us to get hung up on that stagnant imagery, be, you know, just being a cornerstone, just being a No, he's a living stone. But then also we are living stones as well. Right? That we are, uh, in verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. So Christ is the living stone because he rose from the dead. But as we are in Christ, we have new eternal life in him. And then God is taking Jesus and he's building off of Jesus, but then he's using us as those living stones to build us up into that spiritual house, that holy priesthood, that Christ's followers are like living stones together being built up into that spiritual house. And that spiritual house, that's a temple that functions as a house of worship, a house of service to God. Again, we shouldn't think of a stagnant building here, but a living building that emphasizes the interconnectedness of those living stones. Because after establishing Christ as the living stone, right, he, he switches to that more dynamic imagery, right, that you are, in verse um, 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's possession. Verse 10, once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. These words like the a, a priesthood, a holy nation. This is what God called Israel when he brought them out of Egypt from slavery to the promised land. So what is building, being built up here is really this dynamic kingdom that yes, it includes uh, houses of worship, but it involves expanding circles of relationships within a world that's often hostile to Christ right? because Christ is the chief cornerstone rejected by many, but he's still the chief cornerstone. And that this good news, that this building is this holy nation, this holy people, is to not just be, all right, let's all gather here. It's expanding into this holy nation. And that's why I think that although we are focusing on that building imagery, you know, being built to a spiritual house through living stones, I think that's one of the reasons why the Apostle Peter all brings in these other images to make sure that, oh no, we're not just all gathering here and, and just being stagnant stones, but rather we're living stones and we're going and building up this holy nation as priests. So the building project that God wants to accomplish in you and the building project that God wants to accomplish at Second Baptist Church is for us to be a spiritual house, a royal priesthood. Now, what do priests do? They connect people to God. That is the very basic function of priests. No matter what religion you go to, a priest connects people to God. They're people, they connect people to God. And we are to be a holy priesthood. Think about that. How that mindset, again, theology affects practice. If we truly believed that we were to be, grow into a holy priesthood, how would that affect how we interact with people? Well, we're supposed to connect them to God. That when we gather in this place, we don't gather as consumers. In, in other words, oh, I, want my, I want my God fix. But rather, as priests, connecting ourselves right now to God, connecting our community to God. That is what God is trying to build in us. And, and this building, this priesthood, are built on Jesus, the cornerstone, 
And Jesus is not only the cornerstone that builds this, this temple image, he's also the high priest. Right? And now that's not in Peter, that's in Hebrew, that Jesus is our high priest. He's also building a holy priesthood. But as we said, Jesus is first. He is first. So that's the image. That's the image. That's the calling of God's trying to build us into that holy house, that spiritual house, that holy priesthood. That's the picture. That's the end. But how do we get there? How do we get to that place where Second Baptist Church, where you as an individual, you're being built into that spiritual house. You're, you are part of that royal priesthood. Because even if we have that picture, again, unless we have intentional steps, do we actually get to that place? That's what we need, intentional steps. And that's for this, for this reason, um, you know, a part of, of, of the vision for Second Baptist Church is to lay out some desired and intentional steps for guiding each person that we come in contact with from uh, towards becoming that spiritual house, that, that building of, of God, where when we meet somebody in our community and we engage them and they, they don't believe, they don't, they're not even sure about who this Jesus is. What are we intentional about helping them take that step by step? So they go from someone who's not so sure about Jesus to a committed follower of Jesus who's helping others also take that step towards Jesus. We need that intentional kind of thought process of step by step. Are we helping people take those steps of that growth? Because yes, we want to become that, that uh, spiritual house that royal priesthood, but do we actually have a plan to help people get there? That's where I think, you know, a couple of years ago, the pandemic's kind of slowed things down, but we're still on that track of the Vine Project. I mentioned it before. The Vine Project is a way to think about taking those intentional steps. All right, I think we put that uh, next slide up. So remember, this, the Vine Project says, all right, we want to help people. Every interaction, every time we come together, we want people to take a step towards Jesus. We want to take them, help them take a step towards building themselves and building one another. And that, that goes for la-di-da-di everybody. So whether you're not a Christian, we want you to take a step towards Jesus. Or you've been a Christian for a long time, we want you to take a step towards Jesus. And, and how do we do that? Well, I think one of the things is we can think of some, well, four or five steps, all right? And they all start with E so that we can remember them, all right? And that when someone is, is um, again, they don't know about Jesus. Some people, a lot of people in America, right, younger generations, they haven't even heard about Jesus. Well, we need to engage them, right? Because you can't tell people about Jesus if you don't actually engage them in some way. So that's the first step. So people, they might even be hostile to Jesus. What we need to do, engage them so that we say, all right, maybe, maybe you consider Jesus. And, or, and maybe they've got these preconceived notions about who Jesus is or, 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 or what Christianity is. A part of that process of helping them take that step is to simply step into their lives and say, you know what? Maybe we're, maybe you're not, maybe Christians aren't exactly who you thought they were. Maybe Jesus is more than you thought. 
But we need to do that. That's, that's huge when it comes to building that holy, that holy people, that holy nation, because a part of our mission is to grow and make disciples. So if all we're ever concerned about is people who are already Christians, we're not fulfilling our mission. So we have to be intentional about engaging. That's the first step. That first E is engagement, all right? How do we do that? There's so many ways to engage um, others in this world that's hostile to Christ. Uh, Connecting events, outreach events, where we're just trying to let the community know that that, uh, Christ cares for them. You know, um, on television, I saw that uh, a LifePoint church, I don't know if you saw this, gave like 1,800 uh, gift cards to uh, hospital workers, right? Just as a way to say, all right, I don't, many of these people aren't Christians, I don't know, but we're engaging them. We're making that connection with them to say, maybe you should consider Jesus again. Now, we did something similar a while back when we did the teachers pay teachers uh, gift cards, right? To sort of connect with teachers and say, we care about you. We, you know, would you consider Jesus? And we prayed for some of them uh, who wrote uh, prayer requests. Our, our online campus that Chrissy talked about that we're doing, why are we doing that? Because if you want to engage people who aren't Christians, guess what? Most people, not all people, but most people are online. So if we're going to engage new people, we have to do that online. That's a part of it. But the primary way is but through the royal priesthood, one-to-one, right? If you are to be growing to be that, that priest, you are the one to connect people to God. So you are the one in your relationships, in your homes, in your families, at your workplaces, you're the one. You're the, you're the Bible that most people will read. You're the Christ that most people will meet. So you engage them and say, you know, have you considered Jesus and so, yes, that's the first step. And then, then you can go talking about uh, the next step, and that's evangelism, right? Where you can share with the good news about Jesus. Now, if you put that other slide up with uh, the, the, the cross, see, there is a point where people uh, cross the threshold from death to life. Where, where someone says, all right, I trust in Jesus, and they're born again, right? That's where a lot of people, before they get that, you engage them, you share the gospel with them, but there is a point where they come to faith, and then they're Christians, right? But that doesn't stop the process, does it? After you're a Christian, you still take steps towards Jesus. You still grow, and you still need to be established in the faith. You still need to uh, be equipped in the faith, but nonetheless, there's that point where you cross from death to life. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, there's that born again talk. Why is that, that kind of language used? Well, because it communicates that just like when you're born, right, there's a new life that comes out, and that's a, it's a whole new life. Same thing as a Christian, when you place your faith in Jesus, you receive that eternal life, and you cross from the domain of darkness into Christ's kingdom. So that's why that this, this language is used. And then later, of course, Peter uses the baby kind of imagery that, oh, you've, you've crossed the threshold. You have been born again. Now you're growing like a newborn baby. So we, 
we share the gospel in various ways in various places. So yes, in our church services, I always try to point out the need to place our faith in Christ, but also if we are a royal priesthood, it's you and I. It's it's one-on-one telling people about Jesus, telling people about how he saved you through your testimony, through scripture, all of that. But then also, again, we can think intentionally about a church. As a church, we can say, all right, are we you know, looking at how many times do we engage new people? How many times and how many opportunities, classes, one-on-one, all these kinds of things, do we actually help people cross the threshold? You see? The other E, and this is my own, this is not from the Vine Project, but um, is enter the mission. Now this E, so we have engage, evangelize, and then there's that point where you cross over into life and then you're established as a Christian, but one thing that kind of goes across the spectrum is enter the mission. You see, every church has a mission. Every church has a vision to carry out what God has called them to do at their local place. And to think about it, if we are to be building, being built up into a spiritual house, we have to be interconnected. We have to be unified and, and, and share in a common mission. That's where we stand. We build something that actually stands together and is not just random bricks scattered about, but rather it's bricks together being built up. And that's what we do when we enter the mission. How do we do that? Well, part of it is find your fit. You know, a part of what we want to do as believers is saying everyone has gifts, has experiences, has talents that can help do, be used to build what God is building here. So part of that is, all right, having, um, being intentional about spiritual gift inventories, about finding our fit, getting involved in the life of a local church. It also helps us grow in that. But it's also, inter- entering the mission is also a way to engage and evangelize. Uh, again, before the pandemic, one of the things we were looking at is, you know, we need to find a compelling cause that draws people together that, um, that is, yes, Christians, but also non-Christians. Because one of the things is that sometimes people are engaged and evangelized because the church is doing something, whether it's um, gathering clothing together for um, the Salvation Army or it's doing some sort of outreach where we're actually, um, you know, benefiting our community, is that folks can go, oh, I think that's a worthy. I think that's a worthy task, and so let me join in on that. And in the process of joining in on that, right, they hear about Jesus. They're engaged. So again, enter the mission is one of those steps that we need to take. And as I'm going through these things, these steps, I want each one of us to ask, "Where am I at?" or "What step have I not taken?" So you may be uh, watching online or might be here and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that engagement stage where I'm not so sure about Jesus. I've heard about him and I'm, I haven't crossed that threshold. I haven't made that decision for Christ. Or maybe you have and you're like, yeah, I haven't entered the mission. I'm just kind of a floating around. And, and, and if that's the case, well, then you're not going to be growing. That's a part of you taking those next steps. So establish is that next step. That's the way we usually think about when we're Christians Right, that we grow in the Christian faith. And when we grow and take steps, it's both in knowledge so that we understand more about the scriptures, but it's also in, be- in obedience. That some of us are here today and that step towards Christ, that step of growth that we need to take isn't so much 
understanding Jesus more and the Bible, you, you may have a good handle on that. It might be straight up obedience, where God has called you to do something and you're not doing it. Or God has called you to clear away some of the junk in your life and it's still there. But that's a part of our building and growth process. That if every day, every time we gather, we're meant to take a step towards Jesus. And this established, being established, it's, it's something I think that we most understand. That's where you get your small groups, right? And our small groups, accountability groups, where we talk and help one another take a step. Uh, our studies, the, uh, the uh, sacred marriage, right, is, is helping us grow in that specific area. Um, personal growth, too, in the, in the disciplines, as you figure out, all right, I need to pray and read the scriptures and do these spiritual things. Those are all examples of being established in the faith. And yes, those all happen after you become a Christian, but there's still a lot of steps involved, isn't there? And so if, if you're here today or you're watching online and you're like, yeah, pretty much every, my, my weekly routine is, you know, show up, get some God input, and then that's about it then you're a stagnant stone. You're just, you're not a living stone. You're a stagnant stone. And God is calling you to know, I've, uh, until I call you home, you should be growing. You should be taking a step towards me every day. And then if it's always the same old, same old, then how are you taking those steps to be more like Jesus in your life? And that last step, that last E is equip, right? We're a royal priesthood. A priests are meant to help other people connect to God. Where if, if you've been a Christian for a long time, then you should be in this equip stage. Because a part of your calling as a priest is to reach back to those that are on the other steps and say, how can I help you? How can I, if I want to engage you with the gospel right, to help you take a step towards Jesus, to maybe become a Christian, but then even those, you know, I want to help you, you're helping established, be established, again, how can I come alongside you and help you take those next steps? Apostle Paul wrote to his protege Timothy in 2 Timothy, right, the Apostle Paul helped Timothy become a Christian, and now he's helping Timothy take those steps. Well, now Timothy's in that stage where he wants, he needs to equip other people, so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, he says this, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Timothy is at that place where now he needs to equip equippers. That's a part of it, is equip people who will then help others take that next step. So how do we do that? Again, the same thing. We, yes, we want to make sure we have classes and, and studies, retreats, mentoring, but also serving. Right? A part of you being established is, all right, I'm joining the mission. I'm, I'm doing what God's called me to do. But then after you've done that for a while, it's, all right, now actually I want to help others join the mission. And we need to do that. So part of it's just doing and growing and doing and finding out what you're good at and finding out how you can help others. A leadership development, that's another one where we, we need to be intentional about building up leaders who can then build up leaders. And again, we do this not just to gather, gather up people 
collect people into a house. It's also a holy nation, a royal priesthood, where then we gather to scatter. We gather, and then we build one another up. We're building, but then we scatter, and then we help other people in our community. We help one another take that next step towards Christ. So in our minds, right? yes, we are called to be a, a spiritual house, a, a royal priesthood. That's the picture God has given us. But now we have to say, all right, how can we make that a reality? How can we be intentional about that? One of the ways we can do that is through these steps. It's thinking, all right, the five E's, right? So that we would become that people. And so a next, one of the phases in the Vine Project that we're starting now is, again, assessing all that we do as a church and saying, all right, does this help people take that next step? And how can we help people take that next step? And, and sort of saying, do we have a, a program or a ministry that helps engage, that helps evangelize, that helps in, um, enter the mission, that helps establish, that helps equip? And if not, well, then we need to bolster that because we have this, this image to be that spiritual house, that royal priesthood, and we need those steps to help get us there. So as we wrap up our service today, I want you to think, I want you to open your heart to God and say, all right, God, where am I at in this? Where am, what step am I stuck on? Or God, you know, you've been growing me and, 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 and showing me things, especially during this pandemic, and now I'm ready for the next step. And allow God to speak to your heart to see, you know, what is, what is next for you? Because you're not meant to be a stagnant stone. We're not meant just to be a stagnant building. We're meant to be living stones based on the living Christ. So what's next for you? What step right now is God saying, yeah, I want you to take that step. And maybe it's as much as clearing out some old stuff. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we come before you and pray that Holy Spirit move in this place. Move among us. Move among those who are online. Lord, where do we need to take that next step? As individuals, Lord, show each one of us what you're calling us to. Because, Lord, you've called us to be a holy priesthood, a spiritual house, and we want to be that. We want that picture to be, to be a reality, not just an ideal. So, Holy Spirit, work in us. Lord, there are some right now that you are saying you have you've heard the message of Jesus. You know you need him for salvation. You know he's your savior. You know that he came to die for your sins to give you new life. Now take that step across the threshold to new life. Lord, may they make that decision right now and step in from, from death to life. And Lord, there are some of us who just have, have gotten stuck, have been taking the same step but not stepping further. Lord, would you move in us and give us that heart to take that next step so that we would be closer to you. And you, Lord, you know what each one of us needs, so speak that into our hearts. And Lord, may we make that commitment, may we make that step today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.